Monkeys, Uncle Silverback here. You're listening to the Arm Date Podcast, and today is Sunday, the 14th of November, in the year of our Lord, 2010. Last weekend, I was actually on a camping trip, and uh, this time, instead of being in a tent, I was in a, a friend's cabin. Now, this cabin is in a, a remote area. It's outside of Prescott in the uh, Bradshaw Mountains. Uh, in fact, it's so remote that it has no power and it has um, sort of running water, but because the source is from a creek, you can't really use it to drink. Uh, and it's you could probably use it to wash your hands and stuff, um, and maybe even wash like dishes and things that you had up there. But I'm that's one thing that I'm real paranoid about is having good purified water and clean water, uh, stuff that's not going to make you sick. Uh, so I had to end up toting my own water, but we'll get a little bit more into that, uh, as the show goes on. Uh, right now, let's go ahead and do our contact info. If you want to call, uh, and leave a voicemail for the show, you can do that at 206-339-3266. Again, that's 206-339-3266. If you want to write in an email or you want to do a recording and then send that to me uh, in the email uh, your mp3 in the in the email you can do that at thearmedape at gmail.com that'll be all one word thearmedape at gmail.com you can also leave a comment on the facebook page which is just the armed ape um, i'm trying to do a little bit better with that i'm also trying to do a little bit better with my YouTube channel, which is 525 Donuts, so 525 D O N U T S. And what I'm trying to do is, is get some crossover and tie over into some of the things that I talk about here and some of the things that I may talk about on my, uh, my other podcast, which is Firearms Cafe. Um, speaking of our, our contact info and things like that. We did get a couple of voicemails uh, over the past couple of weeks. We got one from Vince Rotello over at the B Movie Cast, and and we got one from Eric at the Handgun Podcast. Both are movie related, and like I said, the reviews, uh, like I've said on on past shows, the reviews can be on anything. It doesn't it doesn't have to be on outdoor stuff. It can be you know it can be obviously it can be on. Uh, you know, these are a good pair of boots that I had, or this is a good knife that I liked, or this, uh, I found this type of tarp or this type of tent to be a really good one, or, you know, it was really crummy. I had a, a negative experience with this stuff. Um, it could also be, like we've done in the past, on movies. It can be on things like uh, uh, technology. So if you're, if you got a um, an iPhone or an iPad or a droid phone and you think you know it's really cool or you think there's maybe some room for improvement on it feel free to call in on the show and uh, because believe me if if you what you've got right now there's somebody out there who is thinking about buying that and would love to have a review okay let's go ahead and talk about my camping trip that I had this weekend now like I said this time I was actually in a cabin uh, it's on 20 acres of land and it's surrounded by Forest Service land. And the way that that happened was, years ago you could do mining claims. And in fact, you can you can still do mining claims. And I see people up there that are panning for gold and things like that all the time. 
Uh, but years ago, you could go in, you could make a claim, and after a certain amount of time had happened and after you met certain criteria, and I'm, I'm not 100% positive on what that criteria is or was. I don't even know if you would be able to do that today. But back in the day, probably in the uh, 40s and 50s and stuff, if you had worked that claim long enough and had done some improvements, I think you could you could petition to have it deeded in your name so it could be, it could become private property. I don't know if you at that point would have to uh, buy it maybe from the government or, or from the state. I don't know if it would be uh, maybe treated almost like as a homesteading type thing to where they say, well, if you're out there long enough and you've done a certain amount of improvements, you can claim this land as yours because you're taking care of it. You're taking care of it, excuse me. So I don't know if it was something like that. Um, there's a lot of history kind of behind how the how the cabin got built up there and everything. Um, I don't know whether I'll go into that or not. It, it's probably kind of boring for a lot of you guys. But you know what? If it, if it's kind of boring, just fast forward, I guess. So I, I will do a little bit of the history of how this area came to be. Way back when, uh, again, probably in the 40s or 50s, there was actually three families that got together and were and were doing like a mining claim. Uh, over and they had built a small cabin. Uh, each family owned a certain amount of acreage. As time went by, one of the families left uh, and sold, and so then you had two families, and one family owned about 16 acres, and the other family owned four. And uh, the original cabin that was up there, the family that ended up owning four, uh, kind of moved down a little bit on this 20 acres and put up another cabin. And this probably was done in the 80s or so. A uh, real nice log cabin. And uh, so there was two places up there. And that way the two families could kind of come up and have their own area, but they could still kind of get together and all that stuff. Um, and and you know, everything was uh, amicable. There was no like bad blood or anything like that, at least that I was aware of. So over time, what happened is the family that uh, um, owned the 16-acre piece, uh, when it got down to maybe their adult children, they weren't really coming up there and using it as much. And so it's, it, they were looking to sell. And uh, in fact, myself and another uh, a friend of mine and, and, the, and their family we had thought about combining our families and maybe going in on and trying to buy this uh, this 16 acre piece up there but uh, we, eventually we just decided not to that it, it, for the money and for the hassle and for what we would have to do to kind of make repairs and do all this other stuff it wouldn't be worth it um, so what's happened now is the family that owned the four acres has since bought out the family that owns the that owned the 16 acre piece. So it's still all one big 20 acre piece, but there are two cabins. And the cabin that I stayed at is the one uh, that was built in the 80s. Um, but again, there's no power up there. There is no there is running water, and in the cabin that I stayed at, there is a toilet but you have to you have to prime it and when i say running water it's it's uh 
what what you need to do is there's a pump and you have to bring in gas and then you fire up the pump and you can pump up the water up to a holding tank from the creek and then from the holding tank it comes down and goes into the cabin but that water of course with with any water anymore you can't really trust creek water because you don't know if it's going to be safe for drinking so you 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 could not use it for drinking you can use it for um you know for flushing the toilet you could probably use it for like you know wetting a rag and cleaning off chairs and maybe a table or something like that for me i'm paranoid about having pure drinking water and pure water for everything that i use uh, you know the toilet obviously isn't going to matter but for having it for washing your hands for cleaning your dishes uh, that you're using your cookware that you're using even for wiping down the tables and stuff if i'm using that water i want to know that that water has been purified and that anything in there that's bad any kind of biological stuff in there is out and, and is and has been rendered harmless to me and you can do that a bunch of different ways you can uh, you can run it through filtration systems um, what I've done up there in the past a couple of times with wa with washing things is I've just filled up a pot and boiled the water and then used uh, use that I usually will take up a plastic bin and stuff or something to wash in and then I can you can put that pure that water because it's been boiled it's been made safe you can use that for washing and stuff uh, but anyway um, you know, kind of on a little sidebar, if anybody has any experience with uh, water treatment, just, you know, personal stuff, um, it can be uh, filters that you like, um, or if you're knowledgeable about um, the actual actual water treatment, how it gets purified, that type of stuff, um, or if you've made your own type of water filtration system, I'd be really interested in hearing that. Um, so, anyway... Uh, so this cabin also, it has no power, um, which in one way is kind of cool. In another way, it, it can be kind of a pain in the butt because you have to, for warmth and everything, you have to, you know, process all the wood, get your fireplace going. It has a fireplace and it also has a, a, uh, a cast iron stove. Um, but as, as most of you guys know that go out and camp and stuff, the fire does not sustain itself. So at night when it gets cold you have to you have to stoke that fire feed the fire to keep it warm so uh and i like i said i like going up there but it is because there is no power uh and there is no what i would consider to be uh consumption grade or safe water for me it's it's difficult it's it's hard it's you're, you're doing a lot of work uh, now having said that the major advantage is is because you're surrounded by the forest service land and you're on a 20 acre piece and the road in the way to, to get in um is more of like a uh, part of it is more like a two-track thing the way to get in, once you start hitting that private property, they had actually put up two big gates. And so nobody is, is really going to drive in. You could have people that maybe are walking through if they're following the creek um, that runs through. And that's a seasonal creek. Sometimes it's flowing pretty good, sometimes not so much. Um, usually 
if you follow the creek bed, no matter what time of year, there's always going to, you'll find some water eventually. Uh, but, uh, and I, I did a small, real quick, two or three minute little video on there called Water and Mint, or Water and Wild Mint. I can't remember what I, what I titled it. But anyway, if you just, if you go to my YouTube channel, you can see that. Uh, but I like, like I said, I like going up there. I like having the privacy. Um, Part of the problem for me is that there's a couple of ways to get in there. You can you can go in. We'll call it and just for for lack of a better, you can kind of go in from the south, uh, and you can sort of drive in. But the roads are, are are parts of it are really rough. Most of it's is fine. It's not rough at all. But there's some parts where you definitely need to have either a high clearance vehicle or you need to have a four wheel drive. Um, especially if the weather were to go south on you. So um, you could end up getting stuck up there. There's also another way where you can drive into a certain point and you stop down by the creek bed and then you can kind of walk in. And it's maybe about, oh, I want to say it's uh, maybe three quarter, half a mile, three quarters of a mile. I'm not exactly sure how far it is. I'm bad at judging distance. But it's it's a good hike in. I mean, it's it's, and if you're, it's a it's a pleasant walk if you're not having to hump all your crap in. If you've got a ton of shit that you got to take with you, if you got to take like you know three or four gallons of water, if you got to take all your food and your bedding and all this other stuff, then it you know it can turn into kind of a uh, a little bit of a hump for you. But like I said, the the uh, the the pluses are that your um, you, you have a lot of privacy. So I had taken up my uh, one of my rifles, my AK-47, and uh, was able to do some shooting up there. I think I, I shot oh probably about a hundred and about 120 rounds, and it was just a lot of fun. Um, so like I was talking about, kind of getting back to the the fire and stuff. You know, in the cabin when you when it gets cold, uh, a couple of times I had to, I woke up kind of shivering, had to get the fire stoked up and everything, and. Uh, but that's just, you know, again, that's part of it when you go out camping and stuff like that. Um, one of the things that I that I had thought about getting, and it's called the Mr. Heater uh, Buddy Stove. And there's a, there's a few different versions of them, and it runs off propane. Uh, and supposedly they are uh, safe for inside a tent, or they're safe for having inside a cabin or a room or something like that. They've got a an oxygen sensor, they've got a tip-over shut-off valve, so that if you're... If the oxygen level starts to go down too low, it'll shut off. If it gets, you know, knocked over or something, uh, it shuts itself off, uh, which will reduce the uh, risk of asphyxiation and the reduce of burning yourself to death. So uh, if anybody has any experience with that, uh, let me know, you know, call in right into the show and uh, we'll get that out there. One quick thing um, with the reviews, uh, what I like to how I like to have them, especially if it's for a certain product, is we we try and ask uh, a few questions, and if if we kind of keep our reviews to where those questions get answered, um, it, it forms a real good consistency for us. So the questions that I like to answer when I'm looking at something is, and this is to help just to to kind of cut through the marketing stuff, but it's also to make you to make you try and be pretty honest about the stuff that you got. Um, Sometimes if we've if we've bought something 
and we've spent our money on it and we're thinking, you know, it, we don't want to look bad by saying, oh, I got this and it just didn't turn out the way that I wanted. But, you know, everything's a learning curve. Everybody makes mistakes and they're not, you're not always going to buy the most perfect thing. Uh, you know, I've had lots of things that I've bought and uh, thought that I would going to use it and use it and uh, it turns out I didn't. So anyway, the, the questions that we like to ask are, number one, what is this thing designed to do? And number two, how well does it do it? Uh, the third would be, what are the cons of it? So what's, what are the things where it has shortcomings or failings? Number four, what are modifications that you would like to see made by the manufacturer? And number five is, did I do any modifications? And if I did do modifications, did it make it better? Did it make it worse? you know did it just kind of eh, didn't really do too much so anyway if, if you're if you're sending in a, a review on something try and at least keep some of those things in mind and that way if you if we kind of stick to that format that seems to be one to where pretty much most every question will be answered about it all right well that's kind of enough jibber jabber about the uh the cabin um if like I said, you want to see kind of where I was a little bit. Um, I, I've done three or four videos that I've that I've put up recently over at uh, on YouTube, and my channel is Five Two Five Donuts. So uh, go ahead and head over there. If you like the videos, subscribe, uh, leave a comment, um, rate the videos, that type of stuff. So speaking of commenting and rating on stuff, let's go ahead and uh, play our voicemails that we got. Hey Tony, um, how you doing? This is Vince from the B Movie Cast, and I really uh, been enjoying the shows. And I noticed you guys have been doing some movie stuff off and on. So uh, I thought what I would do, if it's okay, every month I might send in some movie rec uh, recommendations for you guys, and uh, I'll probably give you three movies and maybe wait, you know, a month and let you guys take a look at them, see what you think, and I'd like to hear your comments on them. So uh, with that said. The first one I recommend is called Detour from 1954. It's a film noir movie. It's directed by Edward G. Ulmer, Edgar G. Ulmer, and it stars Tom Neal, Ann Savage, and Claudia Drake. And uh, this is a pretty cool movie. It's uh, in flashback, uh, New York nightclub pianist Al Roberts hitchhikes to Hollywood to join his girl Sue on a rainy night. The sleazy gambler he's riding with is mysteriously dies, afraid of police. Roberts takes a man's identity, but thanks to a blackmailing dame, Roberts, every 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 move plunges him deeper into trouble. That's a little storyline from uh, IMDb, but it's a really cool movie, um, and it just goes to show how, you know, you have a normal life kind, and then just what a difference a few hour, hours can make really turn your whole life around, so... It's pretty good film noir if you guys aren't into that, it's a, or if you want to. It's probably uh, one of the best movies, I guess, to start out with that um, subgenre of movies, but it's, uh, it's a really good one. Uh, second, I noticed uh, on the last show, uh, Sam Peckinpah was uh, brought up. And by the way, I just want a little, a little side note. Um, the caller said he didn't like spaghetti westerns. That's like blasphemy. I mean, those westerns are really cool. I remember when the first one I saw in my younger days, you know, I was brought up on black and white TV and all those westerns. Everybody's all real clean cut. And the first one I saw, I think, was a 
Clint Eastwood Western, and the first thing that hit me was, man, look how dirty and nasty these guys are. This is what cowboys really are supposed to look like, you know. Um, you imagine just living on your horse and riding around and one set of clothes and all that. So I don't know. I like the Italian Westerns. They're real uh, gritty and rough looking. I mean, anyway, getting back to my movies, the second one I'd like to recommend is called Bring Me the Head of Alfredo Garcia from 74. And it's a Sam Peckinpah movie also. And uh, it's a really cool one. It stars Warren Oates. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him, but he's a real good actor. Chris Christopherson has a small part in it. But it's really good. And just a quick storyline off IMDb. It says a family scandal causes a wealthy and powerful Mexican rancher to make the pronouncement, bring me the head of Alfredo Garcia. Two of the bounty hunters thus dispatched encounter a local piano player in their hunt for uh, information. And that's um, war notes. So um, the piano player does a little investigating on his own and finds out his girlfriend knows Garcia's of Garcia's death in, the, in his last resting place thinking they can make some money, some easy money, and gain financial security for he is now his now fiancé they set off on on this goal. This is real good. I mean, it's it's super violent, real, real uh, gritty. But it's just, like I said, Sam, it's one of Sam Peckinpah's great movies, and it's one that I always wanted to see for a long time. You know, even growing up, I remember the uh, the name of it. That name always stuck with me. So that's the second one I'd like to re- recommend. And the third one is called The Black Cat. Now, it's the 1934 version. There was versions of it in 41, 61, 66, 95, 93, 89, 81, it's 68. But this one is really good. It's called The Black Cat. And I didn't realize when I picked this out, this is a Edgar G. Elmer production, too. Also, he did The Man from Planet X. He was a real cool movie director. But this movie is so great. It stars Boris uh, Karloff and Bela Lugosi. And uh, the storyline of it is honeymoon, honeymooning in Hungary. Joan and Peter Allison share their train compartment with Dr. Vitris Vertigast, a courtly but tragic man who is returning from to the remains of the town he defended before becoming a prisoner of war 15, for 15 years. When their hotel-bound bus crashes in a mountain storm and Joan is injured, the travelers seek refuge in the home built fortress-like upon the site of the bloody battlefield of famed architect Polzig. Their cat-phobic Vertigast learns his wife's faith, grieves for his lost daughter, and must play a game of chess for Allison's life. And this, man, this is so atmospheric and just, I mean, it's hard to explain. You really have to see this one. But anyway, that's my three films for uh, this month. And uh, that's it. Keep up the good work on the show. Later. All right. Hey, Vince. Thanks a lot for calling in and giving those suggestions. I think that's a real cool idea. Um, again, what I'll do is I'll put those movies uh, on um, in the show notes at the website, and I'll also put those. I'm going to write myself a note right now um, to put those on a Facebook page under the fan page of Arm, the The Armed Ape on Facebook. So, and uh, if I can, I'll have a maybe. Well, I guess you don't necessarily need a link, but I'll at least just I'll list those movies. Um, of those three movies, I've only seen Bring Me the Head of Alfredo Garcia, and I, I just, I'd always heard about that movie, uh, but it was one that I'd always wanted to watch, but just had never gotten around to it, and I finally got to see it a few months ago. Really good movie, um, kind of one of the, the uh, uh, 
behind the scene facts, I guess, or, or trivia things, not necessarily fact, but a trivia thing. I guess Warren Oates said that he, his piano playing guy was kind of a uh, characterization or he took a lot of the, his character traits from actually from Peckinpah, you know, how Peckinpah was as a real person, that type of thing. So, uh, but it's a really good movie. It's a different type of movie. Um, and when you're watching it, it's, you can tell this is, you're not going to confuse this, this type of work and this type of direction for somebody else. Uh, as far as Detour and, like I said, The Black Cat, have not seen those, but I will give the, I will check those out. Um, and like I said, if you guys uh, can, can watch those or if you can watch one of them, call in, do a review on them, let me know what you guys think. Alright, let's go ahead and play our other voicemail. Hey, Tony, this is Eric again with another movie review under five minutes for the Arm Date podcast. This week, I've got my sights set on Deliverance, and uh, I'm just going to get right to the point. i got to give it a big, fat thumbs down. It does not stand the test of time. But let me explain why. Uh, first, it's not that I'm young. I know someone's going to say, oh, you just don't appreciate it. Because You know what? I gave a glowing review of The Wild Bunch, which was done in 1969. It's even slightly older. So it's not that I'm too young to appreciate a good movie. This one just doesn't stand the test of time. Now, there are some iconic shots, and it is visually interesting. The scene where John Voight climbs the rock face, obviously done in daylight with a kind of night filter applied to the lens, it looks cool, and, and it's interesting, and for the most part, it's not boring. Lots of old movies suffer from that, from pacing. Uh, this one mostly doesn't. But uh, let's get into this real quickly. It stars Burt Reynolds, uh, pre-mustache Burt Reynolds as Lewis. If Burt Reynolds, without the mustache, how do I say this? If Burt Reynolds were an action figure, pre-mustache Burt Reynolds would be the short-packed variant that would be collectible out of the box. It was kind of cool seeing that. John Voight winds up being the unexpected lead character. He plays Ed. Ned Beatty, in his film debut, plays Bobby. If you don't know who Ned Beatty is, he was Lex Luthor's henchman in the first Superman movie. And more modern movies, he was also the corrupt senator in the Mark Wahlberg flick Shooter. Ronnie Cox is the character who actually plays one half of Dueling Banjos. He plays Drew. And you might know him from being Dick Jones in RoboCop, the evil guy that uh, Alex Murphy sends down to his death at the end. He's also in Beverly Hills Cop and I believe the evil executive in Total Recall. But onto the movie. It's basically the Pulp Fiction of 1972. I was actually shocked by the language, and this movie is probably most famous for a character being sodomized. Uh, it made squeal like a pig and the turn of phrase pretty mouth. They, they both originate here, and we know them now just like the phrase, I'm going to get medieval on his ass, or Zed's dead, baby, Zed's dead. Uh, basically, it's an exercise in the disgusting, although in that regard, I think Pulp Fiction was more effective. Again, the, the language was, was almost shocking to me. And, uh, and not really needed. But the biggest flaw is the lack of character transformation. You know, in Pulp Fiction, Jules finds God, Pumpkin and Honey Bunny have a, a changed experience when they leave the diner after the robbery. Butch and Marcellus Wallace make an uneasy peace at the end. It's not so in Deliverance. Uh, Ed becomes the surprise lead role, but he never becomes the alpha male. They're set up to show him become a hunter, but it's not actualized. 
and basically he's getting ready to take a shot at a deer, but he gets way, way over dramatic shakes and wobbles. <laughs> Big crybaby, because he can't shoot as another living thing. Uh, so later, when he gets the chance to shoot somebody who's hunting them and trying to kill them, you think he's going to man up and grow a pair, but he doesn't. And once again, gets all shaky, shaky, way overplayed. <laughs> crybaby. And basically only kills their assailant by mistake. Um, he gets lucky. It's, a, it's almost an accident. Uh, in the novel, Ed becomes a changed man. He becomes a conqueror. And, and the river means something. The, that experience making him that dominant alpha male is what makes him able to tolerate his otherwise miserable life. Not so in the movie. In the movie, he's basically just still a Nancy boy who has nightmares. So after the adventure on the river and all that is done, the film wastes 20 more minutes doing nothing when they get back to civilization. They sit around having dinner for a longer than necessary period of time. The pacing slows dramatically, and it becomes worthless. Oh, my God. It was more fun to read about the movie on Wikipedia than to watch it at this point. Uh, they return to the town. They don't get caught. They get away. Great speakerphone. Wonderful. Okay, it got picked up. So I'm going to go ahead and just finish this. If you want to edit it, that's fine. If you want to leave that, that's fine, too. Oh, uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. There's no real story or character progression, though, once they get there. They find out that Burt Reynolds' character is going to say he has no memory of the events and blah, blah, blah. It's worthless. Voight's lack of transformation and nightmares after the fact are probably more realistic than the story arcs and the fantasy we've come to expect, but that doesn't change the fact that it's still crappy storytelling. Jack and the Beanstalk has a better narrative architecture. You know, you've got to have a beginning, a middle, and an end. You've got to have your climax, your, your catharsis or denouement. Um, it's, it's a crappy, crappy movie, and there's just no way around it. Big ol' fat thumbs down to Deliverance. Ultimately, to enjoy a story, there has to be a reason for it. In the story arc, there should be a character transformation. We should learn something from it, and that doesn't happen in Deliverance. I don't feel the audience takes any lessons learned away. There's no character progression. And so it becomes a story without purpose. And, and for that reason, I just can't recommend that you ever spend your money on it. Until next week or next episode where I'll try to have yet another movie review for you, this is Eric. You take care. Hey, Eric, thanks for that cool review on Deliverance for those of you guys that, uh, even though Eric, I'm going to kind of disagree with him here a little bit, even though he's recommending you don't see it, um, if you've never seen it, I would recommend that you watch it. Uh, it's not a terrible movie in, in uh, from my viewpoint. Now, I haven't seen this thing in probably, gosh, it's probably been 10 years or so since I've actually seen it. And a few years ago... Maybe, but it's probably even been six or seven years ago. I think I listened to an audiobook version of it. And I vaguely, vaguely remember it. Um, and, and once Eric kind of mentioned in the review about how in the, in the book there's more of a transformation of the John Voight character, I vaguely remember that. And I think, um, like I said, it's been so, I think things were more focused on that too as well. For me, it, the movie is a slow burn. Um, you know what they're what they're doing is they're going out. For those of you guys that don't know, I'll give kind of a brief synopsis of it. It's real brief. They're basically you have these four friends. 
Ronnie Cox, Ned Beatty, John Voight, and Burt Reynolds, and they're going to go take one last river trip before the, a dam is built, and then the river is going to go away. So the, the place that they're going to go, uh, I think will I think is going to be either underwater or it's going to be diverted and dried up or something. I don't know, but I, I think it's all going to be underwater. And so from that standpoint, you you're it's one of these almost like kind of just like a slice of life we're just sort of dropping in and kind of dropping out and because certain things in the movie because there aren't really big resolves and because there aren't really big huge transformations some people could argue that that's maybe a little bit of of the strength of it uh, i can definitely see eric's point of you know you need to have you need to go from a to b to c uh, but for the when this movie was made, and I think what they were trying to accomplish with it uh, was that you know that maybe you're going to go through these life experiences or these certain experiences, and um, it's not going to change you very much, uh, or it's all going to be internalized, or maybe it drives you deeper into being kind of a wuss instead of you know coming out and conquering things like he does in the book. So anyway, thanks for the awesome review, Eric, and looking forward to uh, getting many more. It's time to whip out my pimp cane and beat some knowledge into your heads. So listen up, motherfuckers. Hey, monkeys, got some recommendations for you. I'm going to talk about some of the things that I've been watching, uh, some of the uh, podcasts I listen to, books I've been reading, shows I've been watching on TV, that type of stuff. First, if you're not listening to the B-Movie Cast, you need to head on over there. Uh, you should listen to uh, Vince and Nick, that's Vince Rotolo, and Nick Brown, who are the uh, host and co-host of the B-Movie Cast. Uh, fantastic, um, uh, fantastic podcast on movies. Lots of good audience participation. And uh, if you're a big fan of the, the older movies, um, or some of the, even like the cult and... Uh, um, certain genre movies and stuff it's it's uh, they, they talk about lots and lots of things over there lots of good stuff that goes on um also uh we've got eric over at the handgun podcast always a well thought out thing that he does over there um i especially liked his last two shows which are episode 119 and 120 uh those are my kind of shows and uh, so go ahead and give eric a call or a call give eric a listen at the handgun podcast there's another podcast that I listen to quite a bit called Cadaver Lab. And what they're doing over there, um, they mostly do like horror movies and things. But what the, the main host, a guy named Mike, what he's doing is he's gotten with some other movie podcasters. And he's doing, at first he was doing a thing where he really expanded his one show, which was Cadaver Lab. And But now what I think he's doing is he's going to have, and I think it's all going to be in the feed, he's branching out and kind of doing two or three other um, other podcasts, I guess, or type of podcasts within that feed. Um, he's going to do one where they're talking about uh, Hammer and I think it's Amicus uh, Films uh, with, a, with a person over in England. He also does is doing a, a, what they call a cadaver classics, where they talk about some of the classic horror movies or just classic movies in general. Uh, and that's with Stephen Thompson from Just Another Fucking Movie podcast. Um, now that's one too. If you go back, he's had been having some problems, I think, computer wise. But if you go back and listen to some of his back catalog, is one that I've recommended before. Uh, one of the things, though, 
that I want to really talk about that I've been excited about, and I know a lot of you guys out there that listen to this show uh, are watching it, and that is The Walking Dead, which so far I really, really like. Uh, it's very well acted. There's only a couple of little nitpicky things here and there, uh, but uh, for the most part when I watch it, I, I overlook those things. You know, you have to have a certain amount of conflict and people have to do a certain amount of stupid things. Uh, otherwise, you're not going to have much of a show. But uh, that's on AMC, and I would recommend, highly recommend that show if you like zombies. But even if you're not like a super big zombie fan, uh, I think you'll like it. The stories are... Um, are well written and it's well acted and that you know that's kind of the main thing another thing i started watching off of amc and i uh, i actually got it out of the library somebody had had a uh oh uh, you know they have dvds that you can you can check out there and i had gotten i think i don't know if i talked about this before or not anyway if i did oh well uh breaking bad um which i think is an amc show and it's about a guy who's a chemistry teacher and I only saw the first episode of it, uh, but I liked it. But he uh, ends up getting cancer, and uh, and then kind of goes from there. And he, he's going to start to uh, uh, he hooks up with a former student of his, and they're going to start making crystal meth to be able to basically set his family up, that type of thing. But it's actually it's a it's a uh, from what I saw, it's a really good episode. Another one that's well acted. Um, the the main guy and I can't remember his name, but he was the dad in Malcolm in the Middle. Uh, if that if that's uh, kind of familiarizes you at all with him, uh, let's see what else. Not too much other than that. I'm trying to think if there's any other really kind of stellar shows. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, you know, I just I I had uh, I'm starting to watch um, the Ghoul which is a, uh, a Boris Karloff movie. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm also kind of in the middle of watching Mad Love with Peter Lorre. Uh, I finished up the other day, and this was based off of uh, the B-movie cast recommendation from Vince. Um, I finished up watching uh, The uh, the Old Dark House, which is, again, the, I think it's the 32 version, 32 or 33. I'm not sure which year it is off the top of my head. But that's Boris Karloff is in that one as well, uh, and uh, just a kind of a real super dark comedy, um, and it's based off a book called The Benighted. I think that's what it is, uh, and I I eventually I'd like to read that book. I guess it was wildly popular over in England, uh, but a fun movie. Um, a lot of uh, uh, it was directed by James Whale, uh, who was the guy that did Frankenstein. Uh, so. A lot of really neat um, eccentricities, I guess you could say, of some of the actors on there, how how things are played. Uh, but let's see, what else have I been watching that I liked a lot? Oh, um, there's a movie, it stars James Cagney, and he's the only one right now that I can remember off the top of my head in there, uh, called The Public Enemy. And I started, I started watching that, and so far, that's really I really like that a lot. Um, there's a scene in there where, uh, and I'm all, I'm not gonna really spoil anything basically, but there's a scene in there where they've kind of have pulled a couple of good jobs or they've kind of gotten some money. We'll just say that way. And of course, these guys are criminals, but 
um, they go and they're having suits made for themselves because they finally got some money in their pocket. And there's a scene where there's two tailors. One guy's doing the measurement. One guy is like writing them down. And, you know, when I saw the movie as a kid, long time ago, that I don't even recall that scene. But the uh, the guy who is doing the actual measurements is obviously gay, like flamingly gay. And uh, in one part, Cagney is telling him, look, you know, do extra room in the waistband of his of his uh, suit pants so that he can carry a gun in there. And then the guy is like, you know, measuring him. And what he does is he actually squeezes Cagney's bicep. And he says, oh, sir, if you need any more room, it should be here. And then the guy like bites his lip, his lower lip, and sucks in his teeth like, oh. <laughs> I just I couldn't believe that that was in there. I thought, man, that's pretty cool. And uh, their reaction to him is just kind of like, yeah, whatever, you know. But uh, I'm going to finish up watching that movie. And that's kind of one of those that's a real classic one that uh, I think a lot of people miss out on. So, Eric, if you're listening to this, I'd recommend that one for you. Um, let's see. What's some other good things that I've been watching? Like I said, lately I have been on a like an old movie kick, stuff from the 30s and 40s. Um, oh, I know what I wanted to talk about. There was a movie called The Criminal Code, and uh, Boris Karloff is, is in that one as well. Are you catching a, a trend here? Um, I think I talked about that a little, uh, maybe on the last show. But there was a scene in there um, that reminds you of, of Metropolis. There's a scene in The Criminal Code when all the prisoners are kind of marching out, and they're kind of, you know... Um, they're marching in and marching out and marching through the yard and then they're coming in to, to go into their cells at night and they have kind of that exaggerated that step and sway and there's a scene in metropolis like that where it's showing like the workers coming and going and how they're just kind of all in lockstep and all that stuff and so i thought i thought well i bet the director of this saw that and wanted it was kind of paying tribute to it so because it was so similar that i don't think it would be a uh um i don't think it would be a mistake at all you know or, or a coincidence i guess i should say you know who I haven't pimped in a while, and I should be, uh, is my buddy Alex over at uh, Alex Haddix over at uh, Practical Defense Podcast. Um, you don't have to be a gun guy. You don't have to be a uh, um, you know an out uh, what's the word I'm looking for like a survivalist type guy um, to to listen to his show and to really enjoy it. Um, so uh, again, if you if you just type in. Um, Practical Defense over in iTunes, you'll get him. Really good guy, really good show. Um, I used to do some segments over there, and I just I just don't have the time uh, to put into it. Like I said, I can barely do this show in Firearms Cafe. I like doing them, um, but I kind of told him, you know, from the start, well, I, you know, I, I may, and he would kind of, I may not be able to to be as, as dependable or as reliable as you would like to be to do something maybe weekly or even monthly. And uh, he used to kind of bug me about doing segments, but then I don't know if he got enough hate mail or if uh, he just said, eh, you know, if he sends something over, he sends something over. So anyway, um, go ahead and give his show a listen. In fact, Alex, I forget what episode he had done, but he had done a review on a knife. He had sent in a review. Well, I tell you what, monkeys, let's go ahead and uh, wrap it up for today. I'll talk to you next time. We don't have all the main bones, but you
This guy's got a monkey scrotum and he's bragging about it. Oh,